You're listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. Join your host, Pascal Fintoni, for what promises to be an exciting and intriguing voyage of discovery filled with advice, stories, and film marketing ideas. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on with today's episode of the Film Marketing Academy podcast. Now, Roger, typically you and I, when we do the film marketing segment, choose a film we love and then discover afterwards that the marketing campaign is quite exceptional and the source of inspiration. For this film, not only do we love the film, but we knew in advance that the marketing campaign was just genius. And I just can't wait to talk to you and get your reaction on Skyfall, the 23rd James Bond movie released in 2012. Wow, Pascal. Skyfall, you're absolutely right. Phenomenal movie. Rewatched it last week. Uh, in not almost uh, just coincidentally, uh, not in preparation for this, but obviously helped prepare for this. Uh, great film. Um, and yes, we knew, I knew a lot about the marketing that was happening because it's it's only nine years ago. But when I was looking into it in a little bit more detail over the last few days, it was one of those rabbit hole times when you just dive in and think, oh my goodness, I didn't realise they'd done this. And and look at the amount of money that was spent here. It truly is one of the most interesting and uplifting marketing campaigns. And it's not just the distributors of the film that were doing the marketing for this. They had all sorts of product placement partners, which were also running incredibly expensive campaigns as well at the same time. So the world was flooded with Skyfall stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. And this is why it's going to be exciting because, once again, I reckon there's a lot of little lessons in there for all of us as marketers, but they exploited events such as the Olympic Games. They yeah. also took advantage of the fact that this was the 50th anniversary of the James Bond franchise. 62 was Dr. No, and 2012 was Skyfall. But also, as you say, were the partners. So what we're going to do, we're going to talk about the film um, element or the film distributors' effort. Then we'll talk about the partners. But before we get into that, am I right in, in guessing that Skyfall is perhaps one of your favorites with um, Daniel Craig as at the helm? Yeah, and this is interesting because everybody raves about Casino Royale. That was the reboot, wasn't it? Mm. That was Daniel Craig's first film, and it was a great film, um, you know. But at the same time, they made a conscious decision to maybe move away from some of the, the cheesier elements of Bond films. So in, in Casino Royale, we didn't have Q. We didn't have Miss Moneypenny. We didn't even have the traditional opener where the where the sort of circle goes across the front and he walks along and shoots um, a bullet at the screen. And to a certain extent, I always thought, mm, that's a little bit disappointing. They've gone away from the James Bond standard, but maybe they needed to do that to genuinely reboot it. And I think that, for me, Skyfall started to reintroduce some of those more traditional Bond elements, like we meet Q again for the first time, we meet Miss Moneypenny, 
and then you know there's maybe a few of the the quips starting to come back so it felt to me like it was more of a traditional James Bond film than Casino Royale was but I didn't think they took it so far that they went cheesy and and, and as you know some of the poorer uh, entries to the to the canon earlier on so for me it's almost like the archetypal James Bond film of the the Daniel Craig era. What is interesting about uh, the work with Daniel Craig again as James Bond, I find Casino Royale and Skyfall are the strongest. I'm really not sure about Quantum of Solace, and I was very disappointed by Spectre. There was something mm. just didn't didn't work for me, and I'm thinking. So is that what it takes? That every other James Bond is is better, so we can really look forward to No Time to Die. Um, in terms of this film as well. Just to give us a segue into into the to the marketing, the one thing that they did away with, um, which I thought was very interesting, was usually there's always a bit of a love affair, or there's always the Bond girl that kind of stands out and becomes almost an accomplice in in the story. And here that didn't that didn't didn't take um, place. I mean, there was definitely an attractive you know woman as part of the storyline, but there wasn't that element of you know the love affair. Yeah, again, this this, this fascinates me because. Um, I would pr- I would probably have to go back and check, but I think the first of the all of the James Bond films up until Daniel Craig finished with him <laughs> snogging a woman in some exotic location or in a in a speedboat marooned in the middle of the ocean or in the middle of a of a desert or something. It always had that ending where he went in, off into the sunset with the the Bond girl from that film, but. All of the Daniel Craig movies, the first three of them, end with him without the girl. Because in Casino Royale, Vespa Lynn dies, unfortunately, Uh in in Quantum of Solace. And I agree with you, Quantum of Solace was a bit of a mess for me. But that film ends with him just walking away into the snow. And Skyfall, again, finishes with him in M's office, the new M, saying, yep, let's get back to work. But I did wonder whether almost... The Judy Dench M was that was effectively the, the the Bond girl, the surrogate Bond girl in this movie, because obviously the latter half of the movie is all about James Bond trying to protect her from Mister Silver, who was the villain, and she was she was not a Bond girl in the traditional sense, but she was a very close, almost mother like figure. I don't know whether that's the right way. Yeah, of, I, th- I think of, that's of true because. It. What we do in Skyfall is explore elements of his um, younger years. We know so little. Mm. I must confess, I've not read any of the books, so maybe there's more information for people who are big, big fans of Bond and and read the books as well as watch the films. But um, yeah, I think for me, Skyfall works because of all these elements that have been taken out and what's left is just an incredible, thrilling story. And of course, an amazing villain, uh, Javier Bardem, just does an amazing job. Yeah, I mean, that story, as he's, he, he comes down in this lift, and the lift's right in the back of the shot, and Bond sat on a chair in the, in the front of the shot, and he basically walks from the lift to Bond very slowly and tells this story about an island with rats on it and how they put the rats into a, into a box. And, 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 it, and he just delivers the story as he walks very menacingly and very slowly forward, and that is a mesmerising part of the film no action it's just a monologue bit of storytelling but the way he delivered it was really quite chilling before we move on to the marketing is it maybe one standout moment or scene for you in the skyfall um actually 
I, I'm always a big fan of the pre-credit sequences in James Bond mm. films. And again, this one is is superb. And there's the bit which I just it just made me laugh. And, and again, it was that sort of return to a little bit of the sort of uh, the one line as the cheesy bit. So he's 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 trying to get the villain who's on this train, and he and he's there's a digger. I don't even know how the digger got there, but there's a digger on the train and he uses the digger to sort of latch onto this train and the the train's falling apart and he basically jumps from one carriage to the other and he lands in the middle of this carriage and the carriage is disintegrating and he just takes a moment to adjust his his cufflinks before he walks forward. I just thought that is an absolutely archetypal Bond moment. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely the whole chase around Istanbul and, and the train. For me, the, the bit that stood out, I mean, they're, they're all amazing, particularly the, the, the last chapter when they go to Scotland and we discover what Skyfall stands for. But the bit in Shanghai with uh, the player with lights, neon lights against glass panes and and trying to obviously get to the baddie and so on. I thought the whole cinematography, A, would have been a nightmare practically to film, but also it just looked stunning and mesmerizing. So that was great. So what we're going to do, let's go start with um, the film marketing efforts of the filmmakers themselves. Then we're going to talk about the partners. So it all began almost to to the date a year before the film was released with Twitter. Um, the official 007 Twitter account of Facebook account sent to announce something was coming. And that is one thing that I like about the whole Bond franchise is that they keep social media going even after the film. You know, I've been quite critical, haven't we, in the past of people do social media for a few months and then literally walk away from the lot. Literally on Twitter and Facebook, even to the last week, last week, Roger, they are still promoting Skyfall with uh, behind the scenes stuff, with extract from the film, with stills from the film, with anniversaries, birthdays of the actors. It really feels like Skyfall is kept alive even after all, all these years because in 2021, they are still using Twitter and Facebook to promote it. Yeah, and and I think I'm right in saying that that Skyfall was probably the first Bond film which was a major social media campaign. And and as you say, they started the activity 12 months before the film. And that's remarkable, a remarkable way of building up the, the tension and building up the anticipation for this next James Bond film. And and I guess the gap between Con- Quantum of Solace and Skyfall was a little bit longer than normal. Um, and, and what a great way to use a new media to start getting that anticipation going. And they got thousands and thousands and thousands of hits and they really used it quite well. And I think the lesson for me is that, you know, we, we quite often are critical of people who say, oh, look, here's the latest shiny new toy clubhouse or Mm. whatever it might be tiktok and we just need to jump onto it because you have to you could almost say well is that not what the distributors were doing oh here's twitter it's a it's it's it's, um, only been around for a little while let's dive in and use it but they used it so well and i think that's the lesson the shiny new toys are okay as long as it genuinely gets to your audience and your audience are there and i think that they used it spot on in my opinion if you go on on facebook for people who are interested literally go on the, on the official facebook page there is a search function which is makes it very easy and just put 2012 as the year and literally you can analyze and analyze and review the campaign you know step by step but more yeah. importantly my point earlier they are talking about skyfall 
as uh, as early as last week, which I think is very, very important. But you're right, they had a 12-month campaign on socials, and then finally fans were rewarded with the first teaser trailer in May 2012. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the trailer is quite dark. You know, it's it chooses quite a lot of the darker shots from the film. And it almost creates this mystique around James Bond. It includes the bit with him jumping into the carriage and adjusting his cufflinks, which are again is is, is very very memorable. But you, you you do you do want to see the film because it, it it's showing there's something a little bit different going on here. Yeah, I mean, we saw expect. Bond unhinged and reacting to the term Skyfall. And that's what, to mm-hmm. me, actually, the teaser trailer works better than the normal trailers, which we're going to talk about in a moment. I just like the the intrigue. But from May, bear in mind that the, the release was late October, November 2012. Then soon after, they piggyback, of course you would, the 2012 Olympic Games. And we have yeah. this all incredible moment where James Bond is essentially escorted in the Queen for her to officially open the games and we see all of us on national television perhaps internationally we see the queen jumping off the helicopter opening a Newton jack um parachute very much like in uh, in one of the old gems bomb with uh, roger moore then that went talk about viral marketing oh that that was an absolute genius moment and, and i love that hark back to to the earlier film i think it was spy who loved yeah me you're that, right that, yeah, yeah. that had that in uh, i mean it was great and uh, you know i think i think i remember watching the opening of the uh, of the olympics purely because i wanted to see this scene with the queen that had been that had been um, teased in advance now perhaps uh, unfortunately for the for the marketers the video of bond and the queen jumping off the helicopter has been viewed more often than the trailers themselves but that's the way it goes <laughs> so the day after we have the tv um, campaign 30 second spots but soon after we have the international trailer much longer than the teaser trailer uh, understandably so and in my view not as good because it gives a lot away you know literally the, the movie is summarized almost chronologically and we can see what's going to happen to bond but it still doesn't take away the pleasure of watching the two and a half hour film but i thought the international trailer could uh, have done be more intrigue perhaps yeah, I, I don't like it when the trailers effectively give the whole plot away, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think this one did. Uh, so the teaser trailer for me was much was much more teasing, <laughs> I guess. No, absolutely. Then, so the social media continues, the PR, the press, and so on. But of course, in October two thousand and twelve, the month give or take before the release of the film, we have. Adele's song, Skyfall, blasted all of the radio stations around the world, and what a song! Oh yeah, I mean, again, as you said before, it was um, it was released on the fiftieth anniversary of the original James Bond film, Doctor No. They called it James Bond Day. To me, it was one of the best uh, theme tunes we've had for quite a long time. Um, for those mu- musically minded as well, I think it's one of the first James Bond theme tunes for quite a while, which actually includes the 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 hook of the James Bond theme, you know, da, 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 in the actual melody of the song. And if you go way back to From Russia With Love, Goldfinger, Thunderball, they always had that hook within 
the song to remind you that even though this was sung by Tom Jones or Shirley Bassey or whoever it was, it was still a Bond theme. And they sort of stopped doing that for a while. And and I think that Skyfall was the first one for 30 years maybe, which actually had snippets of the actual James Bond theme in the actual theme song for the film. And therefore... I mean, people love the song. I don't think anybody was unhappy with the song. If anything, it was really what you wanted for a Bond films. And then a few mm. weeks later, the really extravagant opening of the movie, the first Bond actually to be shown on IMAX screen in the history of the Bond movies at the Royal Albert Hall, uh, which just stunning, stunning premiere. And then the movie has success, the Blu-rays really soon after and so on. Now, you could argue, Roger, that's a pretty good campaign, but no, we also have the no. partners who add in another layer of excitement from drinks companies to perfume to um, mobile phones, you name it. So I know you've done the research, so kick, kick us off with the first partner then. Well, I mean, this this is where I said I almost went down a rabbit hole. Now, we know that product placement has always been a big thing in Bond films. You know, way back, I can I can remember seeing, um, you know, posters for British Airways in, in uh, Moonraker, for example. And, and even more up to date, when we rewatched Casino Royale recently, I noticed that the phones were were Sony Ericsson's and and they feature quite heavily in this this film as well but the scale of product placement within Skyfall is phenomenal and the amount of effort that the the brands behind those product placements went to to support the marketing of the film are absolutely mind-blowing so for example Heineken um, were one of the product placements within the film you'll notice bond swigging from a bottle of heineken now they paid something like 28 million pounds for that product placement in that film and and actually that covered a, a third of the production costs of the film itself just think about that for a moment one bit of product placement covered a third of the production costs of the film and we see all sorts of different things like that. So you've got the Tom Ford tailored suits. You've got the Sony um, hardware all the way through the film. Heineken, I've mentioned. Uh, it, it's it's just incredible. And each of those people then went on to do their own massive marketing campaign around that product placement. So we've got we had a campaign which was called Intelligence Gathered. Which was the uh, which was the Sony one where you've got TV spots with with Daniel Craig as Bond being tracked by a mystery woman and she's using Bravia TV and VAO um, laptops, tablets, Xperia T smartphones, all of that sort of thing. You know the motorbike in the front of the film in the chase in um, in in Morocco, again, Honda, massive massive push. Uh, around that but I think Pascal the one that stands out for me was the Coca-Cola tie-in yeah they came up with the most genius bit of work so they wanted to unlock the 007 in you they wanted you to be James Bond for a moment and they they set up this uh, this thing in a station in Europe and they were offering free tickets to go and see Skyfall. And it was quite simply a Coca-Cola drinks machine. And when you put your money in, if you wanted to play this game, it would give you 70 seconds 
to run to a specific part of that station in order to get your free tickets for Skyfall. Now, if you didn't get there in 70 seconds, you didn't get your ticket. If you did, you got your ticket. And so you've got all these people chasing through a station, just like James Bond would chase a villain through a station to get their tickets. And, of course, they filmed people doing this and did a montage of this and put this thing up on YouTube. And, again, like the the uh, Olympic video, this one went absolutely viral again i mean what an absolutely genius idea and they obviously spent a lot of money on it but to me skyfall was a marketing effort by the distributors but what was remarkable about it was things like this being done by the product placement partners and some of their executions were off the scale and what was interesting for me it felt as though because you know for me what with the Bond franchise, it's probably the only movies that get away with product placement to the degree that it does. Uh, it's almost yeah. as if we are complicit in, in accepting it. But the brands had immense fun with their marketing. So it's not as if it was, well, we, we, we are sponsoring um, Bonds. If you take Heineken, if we take Sony, if we take Honda, they did adverts using their brand but at the end it was the call to action was to go and see the film it wasn't to go and buy more beers or buy more computers and i thought that was really really elegant in the execution even though it was dead obvious so with the heineken one uh if we follow the story of of this young man looking a little like a spy and he's being chased by buddy on the train there's little nods to all the uh, previous james bond movie including dr no and at the end he reaches the um, the bar inside the train where we see James Bond himself, Donald Craig, giving him a bottle of Heineken and disappearing, leaving it to deal with the baddies. I thought that was very clever. Sony, you mentioned it, you know, this woman tracking him, and at the end he says, looking for someone and using different... At the time as well, I had a Sony Vio, and I felt so good that I had yeah. the same laptop as James Bond, I can't tell you. But with Honda, what they did very cleverly as well was the adverts in and around... Um, mechanics targeting obviously motorbike lovers and they were part of the the, the team that put together the bond in motion exhibition and um, that yeah. uh, celebrating 50 years of bond vehicles at Bewley near not far from, from London and they use it for a four-month campaign so everybody played the game it wasn't like you know they were trying to say right well let's let's do more of the sales push using bond they were saying they were complicit in creating supplementary form of marketing that fitted superbly with the traditional let's call it that you know film makers um effort and that to me that's what made the skyfall marketing campaign special because everybody was working together pushing the movie in the same direction and it makes me realize now the consequences of all the delays that have been applied mm. to No Time to Die. Because I've read, you know, there was a, there's a similar level of product placement within this film. And presumably there's brands out there who have got campaigns maybe similar to Coca-Cola, Honda did before. They've got things ready to go and they've had to hold back on them for obvious reasons. And I believe that certain scenes within the film have had to be reshot or even after affected in some ways to update the products that were in the film when it was originally filmed two years ago to the more up-to-date version so that the product placements can still work yeah so 2012 what a special year for bond 50 year anniversary the games taking place in london with the eyes of the world onto you 
And of course, just to wrap up our review of this campaign, it was, it was only natural that Visit Britain would then milk it for another year after that. Bond is Great Britain was the slogan yes. that went around pretty much everywhere. And we had, of course, that campaign that sustained it. And it just feels like not only, like I said, is it a great movie, we love the movie, but I just had enough recollection of the marketing campaign to know that this was a great addition to film marketing. Yeah, no, this this has been so exciting because I don't think I've ever come across a film before where it was such an amazing collaboration between the distributors and their partners a whole plethora of different marketing campaigns targeting different products and different people, but all coming together with the one aim of getting people to sit in a cinema and watch this film Skyfall. Yeah, and that's the lesson. We can all take advantage of anniversaries. We can all take advantage of events around us. We can all bring together partners to kind of join on this on this um, marketing push. We just need to engage that imagination. So thanks again, Roger, for doing the research on, on the Skyfall. It's been a pleasure to discuss it with you. And of course, I'll be watching it tonight. <laughs> Absolutely right. Everyone, this has been episode 49 of Two Geeks and a Marketing Podcast. Thank you so much for your ongoing support. Please leave comments, suggestions in the usual places. Until the next one, go out there and make sure your marketing is done right. I was Pascal Pintoni and he was Roger Edwards. Thank you for listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. For more information about our film marketing consultancy and training services, go to filmmarketingacademy.com and book your free discovery video call. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and follow your host on social media for more updates. 